Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Conscious Couple Podcast. Just going to be me today, Bryce. Thanks for tuning in. And today, we're going to get right into it and start talking about some of the myths around responsibility and how that plays out in disagreements with your partner or other people in your life. So let's run through these real quick. The first is that we need to figure out who is at fault first. People often get stuck here. They're stuck in the minutia, the details. He said, she said, different memories, and trying to put the blame somewhere first. Number two, someone is 100% to blame, and it's often not me. Number three, it's all my fault. This is similar to number two. Number four, my partner makes me feel a certain way. We're going to dig into that, see if that's true. Number five, if I try really, really hard, I can change people, specifically my partner. And number six, I know what my partner is thinking, and therefore I can judge their motives. I just know them so well, better than they know themselves. So let's break these down, because this is really going to help the next time you get into conflict, kind of weave in some conflict resolution tools and communication skills throughout this podcast as well. But let's tackle some of these myths. Some of them are unconscious. Some of them are more conscious. But these come up a lot when me and Jenny are working with people. And these are just ideas that even though they might have some truth to them from some angle, just really digging in and believing them 100% could really hold you back from resolving that conflict or fixing that issue that you and your partner have been going through over and over or just helping you feel better in general because when you get on your own side of this and clean up your side of the street you'll find that you're going to feel better despite what other people are doing that's the work that we do we're not in the business of of teaching people how to change other people we're in the business of teaching people how to change themselves. So first one, we need to figure out who is at fault first. And if you've ever been in a disagreement, this is probably the first place that you get snagged because you have two different perspectives and they're competing. Usually memories are not the same or there's a different belief system here that maybe what you did, let's say, Let's say you're on the side where you don't really think that's that big of a deal and that you should be forgiven and maybe your partner is upset with you and then you're upset that they're upset and then they're upset that you're upset by their upset and you kind of see how this can get really, really confusing quickly. So the first thing to do if you notice that you're here and often you're going to feel this in your body too if you're really present and aware you're feeling tense i would say anywhere above a five i like to use a one to ten scale to talk about how upset i am or how charged whatever the word is so whenever you get above a five you're really going to feel it and this is where your ability to come up with creative ideas to solve the problem or to look at other people's perspective is going to be greatly compromised. So if you notice that you're here with your partner, just stop. Stop trying to put the blame somewhere and listen. And 
it's great if both of you can do this, but even if your partner is not really in a place to do it, you can still try to get them. And through you listening, you will be able to slowly calm down their nervous system as they notice that you're just trying to understand. And as you bring more awareness into yourself, you'll calm down your central nervous system. This isn't the golden rule. Sometimes you're just too upset to do any talking. In that case, maybe take a break. But if you are in a position where you feel resourced enough, strong enough, and grounded enough in yourself to have the conversation, just start by listening. Just stop the blame piece and put the who is at fault question to the side for now. The second myth is that one of us is 100% to blame. I don't think this is ever true. Even if there's an act that someone did and the other person didn't do anything, and we're not talking about deserving here because I don't think that people quote-unquote deserve bad things that happen to them from someone else either. I think we're really doing the best that we can with what we have in that moment, even though there are consequences. I don't like to use the word deserve. It just sounds shaming. But even in the most extreme situations like infidelity, even if someone really did something to you that was not cool, stole money from you, cheated on you, lied to you, it's important to, to look at your part in that. And even if there is 0% of a part in what happened, you are still responsible for how you deal with it going forward. So do you collapse into a victim space and just beat yourself up? Do you use that anger and blame to justify other distracting behaviors that you're using? Whatever it is, you're going to turn it back to you even if it appears like it's 100% someone else. So it's never 100% someone else when we're talking about who is to blame. Number three, it's all my fault. This is just a spinoff of this 100% to blame piece. And I noticed that people often go here not so much because they want to take on the full responsibility, but because they want to be rescued from how they're feeling. So this may be the person who always says, sorry, 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 it's all my fault. And this is going to sound and maybe kind of look like taking responsibility, but often there's an unconscious motive there, which is to to just make those feelings go away and and to be rescued. So it's not all your fault, no matter what happened. There are a lot of forces at play, and this comes into the owning reality with compassion that me and Jenny work on with people is, yes, once you identify what really happened, what's really true, then you're going to bring in some understanding and some compassion and some forgiveness into your situation, whether you were the perpetrator or not. But it's not ever all your fault. Number four, my partner or someone makes me feel XYZ. And this is one we really try to nip in the bud pretty quickly because even though initially you can't help but have a reaction to some things, if someone comes up and yells at you or says that one thing, yeah, you're going to feel a certain way. And that doesn't need to be ignored or brushed under the rug. But the story that you put on replay about that incident that keeps you stuck in the blame space is on you 
So you're making yourself feel X, Y, Z from that point forward. And once you realize that you do have control over how you feel about situations, granted, you have to feel your feelings first. It's not as easy as just snapping your fingers and feeling differently. You can kind of do that through distraction, but that builds up and then you feel it more. You feel it tenfold. It's really important to get used to the idea and practice looking at the underlying story that someone makes you feel a certain way. After the initial interaction, I get that it can be really hard and that you can be stuck there and that's okay too. But the story that's playing in your head is what's making you feel like someone has control over your emotions. So we're moving away from that into this empowering place. You're not the victim. You have control over this. Um, mindfulness is really important. Really a big piece of mindfulness is getting is becoming aware of what you're really feeling in the moment. And when you create that distance, it takes the edge off. And then it's possible to move through emotions and situations through changing your perspective, through questioning, to where you have a fair amount of control over how you're feeling. And even if you're feeling something that feels really uncomfortable, having a little bit of distance there, that you are the awareness of what is happening and you can look at emotions as bodily sensations and stories, it really feels much different. And if you haven't done it before, if you haven't really stepped back, you might be like, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know what this distance is. I encourage you to try it. I encourage you to try meditation. You might not get it the first time. It takes sometimes a fair amount of work to really get to the starting line, especially if you're a fast person, a really anxious person, or you're really... Maybe you're depressed, which is actually another form of anxiety. It may take some work, but you can get there. And once you do, it's just like seeing your face in the window pane for the first time. It's like, oh, this is possible. And then you'll be able to return more easily than when you didn't even know what it felt like. That sounds a bit philosophical. I get it. But there's a lot of really well-practiced mindfulness masters out there saying the same thing so it's not just me number five if i try hard i can change people i can change my partner especially so we often get here with someone where they're coming to the table and their partner's not as far as working on relationship stuff or there's a single person that's really wanting someone to just see how hard they're trying and step up to the plate in the relationship and even though it's not always explicit, people aren't asking, how can I change this person? The The underlying idea is that, okay, what do I need to do to get them to do this for me? And again, although we always have influence on our surroundings and people around us, the best way to really know if someone's going to step up is to model it is to model it and request it, but it doesn't mean that someone is going to. You can be great at all this relationship stuff and your partner might just fall back and they might not be the right person for you. That happens all the time. It might be a years-long process of them slowly stepping up, but you're kind of the leader in the relationship. If you're single, you might have a hard time dating if you're speaking the language of relationship and everyone else doesn't know what you're talking about and they are 
maybe not aware and they lots of people are just looking to hook up or just be with someone and you're looking for this deep connection and everyone else is just looking for someone so they don't feel alone someone who they can have fun with who's not going to rock the boat so yeah dating can be super hard when you're trying to have a conscious partnership especially from the beginning it can be kind of scary but it's it's worth it to practice from the beginning and not try to just fake it and that that's something you want and then bring it in down the road people are going to be like what the, what the hell i i thought that we were doing this just like hang out thing and have fun and not talk about anything too deep and now you're like wanting to change things so start from the beginning and if you're already in i mean a decades long marriage and and all of a sudden you're you're understanding that you want this in your life that's okay too like be patient with your partner be patient with yourself this takes some work it's just like losing weight, right? If if there's a lot of baggage there, a lot of a lot of stuff hanging around, it's going to take some consistent work. Number 6, I know what my partner is thinking and therefore I can judge their motives or whoever it el- whoever else it is. So again, this is kind of an unconscious one, but we'll get here a lot in disagreements where it's like, "No, I know what that you did, what you did to get a reaction out of me." Or or even though you say that you don't care, I know you care. And part of this is comes from this cognitive mechanism that we have that's called procedural memory. So just like learning to ride a bike or ski for the first time, we pick it up and then it's like muscle memory. We automate this thing that we do, even though it requires brain function, once we kind of understand it, we think we know it. We've 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 mastered it. So we don't have to think about all the pieces of what's actually going on. And we'll do this with our partners too, where we're in a routine and we start to see them as never changing and we make stories up in our head of why they're doing what they're doing. And if this goes unconscious long enough, it's going to create a lot of problems if we don't stay curious about each other and why we're doing what we're doing and where we come from and where we're wanting to go. All of these big, big questions are what makes up this conscious partnership that me and Jenny are talking about. And this is one of the biggest things that comes up in disagreements where people, and I notice this in working with couples, will start, they will start speaking for each other. Well, I, you know, when they do this, he just feels like he can say whatever he wants to me. And like, well, she just thinks that like she can go spend all the money or whatever. And we have to pull the e-brake at that point and just bring awareness to, hey, do you realize how you're putting words in the other person's mouth? And they haven't even agreed. Sometimes they're flat out shaking their head and they're already like getting really angry about this. And it makes sense. Like no one likes putting thoughts and words into someone else's mouth. So, and it makes it hard when when if there isn't a lot of awareness there, you don't really know what you're feeling yet. So again, if you need to take space, go ahead and take it. But when you come back, try not to think you know exactly what's going on with your partner because you don't. You have to ask. And if you think you know, you'll stop asking questions, you'll stop learning, you'll stop growing. That's how this whole thing works, this communication piece. There are not all these hard and fast skills that if you just 
if you just do one, two, three, everything will be fixed. There will always be conflict. You're always going to have to stay curious. You and your partner and the relationship are always changing. The relationship is really this entity that even though you create with your partner, neither one of you has full control of it, but you both have to nurture it in order for it to grow. So this has been really fun to talk about. This is kind of a quick episode. If you're feeling really inspired by this, like, oh man, like I want to take ownership of some things that are happening in my life, I encourage you to write down everything that you blame yourself for. This can be a really powerful exercise. Take off the filter and then write down everything that you blame others for and just see what comes up. Shoot for 25 each. I guarantee if you're really being honest, there's going to be a lot there. And it's not that you're going to change overnight. But just bringing awareness is the first piece in changing and taking responsibility for your life. And if you really want to go a step further, if you feel like you're in a safe enough place with your partner or someone in your life, practice owning your blame a few times throughout the next couple weeks. So this happens with me and Jenny where I'll notice when I feel like she's done something that I didn't like or something that I thought she was doing to get a reaction out of me. This definitely happens sometimes. I will say, I feel like I want to blame you right now. And that's a really powerful place to start because I'm really owning what's going on for me by taking ownership and following up with, and I really want to figure this out because it's confusing because I want this to feel good for both of us. We have that intention there. We both want it to feel good. We both want to resolve it. Neither one of us really wants to blame, but in this moment, this is how we're feeling. It's real. It's empowering. This is really good, healthy communication. So go ahead and practice it. And I will talk to you guys next week. And we will be on the big island of Hawaii, so I'm super excited. I encourage you to really think out of the box and and come up with whatever big move you want to happen in your life. We started putting this together a year ago. We're going to be there for about a month. Don't be sitting here a year from now wishing you had done that trip or that getting involved in that thing you really wanted to or signing up for that relationship class or getting into coaching. Whatever it is facing your fear, start it now so you don't look back tomorrow and wish that you had today. And remember that you can check out more about what we're doing at www.advancedrelationshipacademy.com and keep tuning in to the Conscious Couple podcast, share it with your friends. We'd love to spread this message to as many people as possible. And we'll talk to you guys next time.